Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And good afternoon to you. Welcome to Calvary Live. Jason Vanderveer here with you. Uh, privileged to be with you again today, taking your calls and prayer requests and questions about the Bible and Christianity. You heard the number there at the top of the show, 303-690-3000. That's the number to call uh, no matter where you are. You can dial that number and get through, especially early on in the show here. Always a great time to call, a little bit easier to get through than Later on, when sometimes the calls tend to back up a little bit, uh, but we're going to do our best to get to everybody, uh, if possible, who calls in today. 303-690-3000. If you prefer to text, you can do that. It's a different number, 720-336-0897. If you text uh, the program here, just do us a favor. Give us a short uh, one-sentence uh, text uh, of your prayer request or your question. We'll do our best to answer as many of those as we can, some of those uh, on the air, if time permits. And uh, if we have time afterwards as well, we'll do our best to answer after the show as uh, many of those as possible. Welcome to Calvary Live. Once again, here I'm Jason Vanderveer. I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in Parker, Colorado. And you can find out more information about us uh, if you're curious, uh, calvarychapelparker.com. That's calvarychapelparker.com. That's our web address. You can find out uh, service times if you're going to be in the Parker, Colorado area uh, at calvarychapelparker.com, directions, location, all of that good information. And then a lot of great free resources available for you there, including audio and video studies through the entire Bible, uh, including last night's message uh, from the book of 2 Samuel uh, chapters 5 and 6. We're going through uh, uh, going through the Old Testament. Actually, we're in the Old Testament on both Sundays and Wednesdays in 2 Samuel and the life of David right now on Wednesday evenings. Uh, we'll have service next week right before Thanksgiving if you want to join us uh, for that and continuing in 2 Samuel. But last night, a message entitled uh, Breakout or Outbreak, uh, dealing again with uh, the uh, time uh, of David, and specifically the time of David where he rises to the throne of the United Kingdom of Israel. Fascinating study. You can go there, calvarychapelparker.com, and, uh, and watch at your leisure that message or listen to it, uh, download it uh, to your device, and listen at a later time. Whatever works best for you, stream it. Uh, it all works there. But uh, I'd love to have you join me on the program here at 303 3,000. I want to welcome all our listeners, Grace FM, Colorado and Wyoming, and Truth FM, Kentucky, North Carolina, Tennessee. Welcome to you and Hope FM listeners in Maryland, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. Let's go to Tom in Loveland, Colorado. Tom, welcome to the program. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing really well. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, I guess. Yeah, well enough to be able to call, and we appreciate that. Thanks. Yes. So I have just it's a simple question, but it's a big question. Uh-huh. How do you discern between wait and no in prayer? Yeah, it, and it's a, it's a question that, you know, there isn't— so you don't go to a passage in the Bible and say, you know, this is going to tell you exactly how to discern that. It's really something that we learn as believers, 
um, by getting it right, by getting it wrong. There, there are passages that you can go to in the Bible that you can learn from others' experience getting it right and, and getting it wrong, learning how to ask and how to wait and what a, a no answer looks like. Of course, bigger picture of what we're talking about, Tom, and maybe for, for some of our other listeners, you know, when we, when we seek God's advice, when we seek God's direction, and hopefully we do in every situation, um, there are basically three answers that we can get. We, we can get the answer yes or go forward or, you know, the affirmative answer. We can get the answer uh, no, and then we can get the third answer, which is wait, and 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 it's difficult sometimes to discern exactly uh, what the answer is. Let, let, let's just start with the process as a whole, and then I think uh, it'll help us narrow in on on specifically the information that I think that you're after. Um, you know, you have a, a a situation that that you're praying about. Uh, if God says no, uh, then you know it, it, it's no. You don't need to worry about it anymore. You don't need to to pray about that anymore. God's given an answer to that, and no is is good answer as yes it's a definitive answer um and if god says yes uh then you know obviously you move forward uh if he says wait or if you're not getting an answer and there's different reasons in the bible uh why we're not getting an answer uh sometimes the problem can be us we're you know, there, there's sin in our lives, or uh, sometimes there can be no problem with us, and there's just a delay, like when Daniel prayed, and, and the angel is delayed 21 days in bringing the answer because of a battle in the spiritual realm. So there are all kinds of reasons why the answer doesn't come and, uh, immediately, and Jesus teaches us when we don't have that answer to persist, persist in prayer. But the key becomes recognizing those different answers, and, and that comes just through seeking the Lord and in His Word, and, and through experience sometimes it will be very obvious um sometimes it will be obvious but you'll question it right you did i get it right or you'll question yourself and it just comes with experience learning to trust the answers that the lord gives you what i mean by experience is is that you know sometimes you'll get it right and sometimes you'll get it wrong and and the Lord is gracious, and so as we pray, as we seek the Lord, if we we feel that we have an affirmative answer and we move forward, and we are in fact right, the Lord is going to confirm that. And and if uh, with good intentions we we come to the wrong conclusion, um, well then you know the Lord will help us to be able to retrace our steps back and either wait or or move in a different direction. Um, but it, it it really comes uh, you know the best way that I've learned actually is from getting it wrong. And when I've gotten it wrong, I've 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 realized you know what I don't want to do that again. You know, I, I, I don't want to, to get it wrong again. And I learn uh, in myself some of the things that caused me to to not clearly discern what the Lord was telling me. Uh, but generally speaking, I think that, that as you mature as a believer, um, and, and I don't believe that you have to have been a believer for, you know, 20 years or 40 years or whatever the case may be to be able to properly discern the voice of the Lord. But as you you, you mature as a believer, I, I think that someone that's been, you know, a believer for a few months and is seeking the Lord and praying and getting into his word uh, is going to have a, a, a very real sense uh, of what God's will is in, in almost every situation. There will be challenging situations they won't know, uh, but then they just need to wait on the Lord. Uh, another thing that I think that helps us uh, practically discern what God is telling us, if you, in other words, if you're in a difficult situation 
and and you think that something's getting in the way of you hearing or you're just not hearing and you and, and you're not really sure why i think a a good thing to do is to pray and to fast and when we fast we talked about fasting on the program yesterday when we fast what we're doing is we're diminishing the physical man and and if the physical man is what is interfering or if we need to uh, elevate the spiritual man in order to properly hear from God, then fasting coupled with prayer is going to help us do that. Okay. I, I get that. Um, you know, my mom's advice was uh, the path that leads you to walk in deeper faith and greater love is usually the harder choice and the right one. Yeah, it is. In fact, you know, um, I, and and I, I would kind of tack on to the end of what you just said there, what your mom said there is, is that, you know, don't if, if you're looking for the Lord's answer is is, is the difference is um, it, the answer of the Lord is is not always the easy one. Um, but usually I don't know if you've had this experience, but but with me, you know, when I'm going down a road that that uh that I'm not supposed to be going down, uh, there's a sense there. You know, there, there, there's the Holy Spirit there. And, and maybe you're trying to push it out of the way. No, that's not the Lord or for whatever reason. Or, you know, maybe you really want to do it, do whatever it is. You know, that's the direction you want to go in. Uh, but but you, when you look back on it, you learn to recognize the Spirit of the Lord saying, no, no, that's, this, this isn't it. And the more you do that, and sometimes there's, you know, cleanup after you make the wrong decision and you realize, ah, I don't want to do that again. And, and you learn to recognize that voice of the Lord next time. Whereas when you're in certain situations, it's, it's obvious that the Lord is directing you down that path. Uh, but we always want to stop and just seek the Lord in prayer. As I said, if, you, if need be, coupling that with fasting and then allow the Lord time to answer. And a lot of times what you'll find is, is you know, every message you're listening to is going to line up with what the Lord is trying to tell you. That sense that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you is also going to line up uh, with what the Lord is trying to tell you. And so it's it, 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 the more that you take your time, the easier it is uh, to be able to to discern exactly what that is that the Lord is telling you. And And sometimes it's no and... And sometimes it's not right now, and sometimes it's yes, and and you'll begin to to discern that. Now I don't think it's ever perfected in us, right? You know, um, but it certainly becomes more refined as we mature. Um, there's a good book. I trying to think if you can get it. It's written by a friend of mine named Strat Goodhue, uh, G O O D H U E. Uh, he's a Calvary Chapel pastor. Strat. S-T-R-A-T, Strat Goodhue, and it's called Discerning the Will of God. And, uh, and I would encourage you to, uh, if you can find a copy of that, it can be difficult to find sometimes. We used to carry it in our bookstore, but uh, we don't have copies of it anymore. But if you can find a copy of that, it's a great book. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, you bet, Tom. And is there something specific that you're trying to decide on right now that we can pray for you for? Uh, just, you know, just the wisdom. I've been praying for a long time, and it's, it's one of those just, you know, not necessarily getting a a bold, in-my-face, yes or no. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of a silence and a wait with mm-hmm. a silent confirmation in one direction. And so, you know, if there's prayer, it's just that, you know, God would, would make it abundantly clear what path to take. Would, yeah, well, would just... 
And, and Jesus, you know, when he taught the disciples to pray in Matthew 7, um, he also taught them to persist in, in prayer when it's not answered. And yeah. in, in our English Bibles, it says ask, uh, seek, uh, knock. Um, and, but in, in the Greek text, it says keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. And so uh, when you don't have an answer, when it's not yes or no, uh, keep on asking, keep on seeking, uh, keep on knocking. Let's pray uh, for that, Tom, before you go, okay. if you don't mind. Father, I just thank you for Tom. I thank you for him calling. Uh, Lord, uh, so many of us can, all of us, can relate to exactly what he's saying. Uh, Lord, I just pray that, that, that you'd help him in each and every situation. Lord, we can, uh, we, uh, we can easily find your, your greater will. It's, it's revealed in Scripture, Lord, and, 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 and so is your, your will in each of our lives. But, uh, uh, but for that, sometimes we struggle where to turn. And, and Lord, so we turn to you, and I, I, I turn to you with Tom, and I just pray that you'd be with him. And, and Lord, that, uh, that you would reveal in your timing uh, the, the, the direction that you'd have him to take. But in the meantime, that he would just continue to seek you and uh, seek after the things of you and your kingdom and your righteousness. And, and then uh, as he does, Lord, and uh, as he continues to grow in the knowledge of you, Lord, that, uh, that he, for his own life, is able to discern what you specifically are telling him, and especially in this situation. And so, Lord, we just pray for direction, whatever that direction is. We're, we're happy with your direction. So I just pray uh, that, that you would speak to him clearly. Maybe it's through the messages that he's going to be hearing in church coming up or on the radio or what he's reading uh, or people in his life, Lord, who you're going to speak through. Uh, whomever, however, uh, Lord, uh, even while he's sleeping, Lord, you, you, you can speak. And so, Lord, I just pray that you'd speak to him and uh, that you'd direct him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Hey, you bet. I appreciate you calling, Tom. Yep. Take Have care. Have a good one. Yep. Let's go, folks. 303-690-3000. Jason Vanderveer here on Calvary Live. Let's go to Jay in Denver. Jay, welcome. Hey, how's it going, man? It's going good. <clears throat> How are you? Good, good. Um, I wanted to start by making a comment about the last caller and his question. Mm-hmm. Um, a specific scripture popped up in my head when you were talking about uh, fasting mm-hmm. to seek the Lord's will, and it's from Ezra chapter 8, and yeah. something along the lines of, I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Ahava mm-hmm. to seek from the Lord the right way for ourselves, our families, and uh, there was one other thing. Yep. But that was, that's been a really strong verse in my life for when I'm trying to discern the will of the Lord. That's a pretty clear verse. Well, I love that, and I appreciate you bringing that, uh, bringing that verse up because it, it is a great verse. Of course, there Ezra praying for uh, safety and security. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they've been boasting about God in that section, and uh, now they're about to, to go back, and they're going to have all of these financial resources with them and all these people with them, and they didn't want to ask the king for protection, so they stopped to fast and to pray uh, for the Lord's protection and, and for uh, the way that they, uh, they should go about their return. And I just love that, love that verse as well. Thanks so much for sharing that. Yeah, for sure. Um... So my question is about apostles. Uh, I was listening to a sermon on Grace FM the other day, and uh, one of the pastors just made a statement saying that, you know, in this day and age that there's no longer apostles. And I was just curious as to why why that would be. Um, yeah. Because, like, there's that verse that's 
I think it says something like some to be apostles, some evangelists, some teachers, something like that. And so yep. I'm just wondering, four, yeah. since uh, since we're not like I know Calvary Chapel in particular, they're not cessationalists or anything, but yeah. uh, why why apostles wouldn't exist anymore, but uh, yeah. evangelists and everything else does. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a very good question to ask, and and what we've got to understand is okay. Let's so let's first back up a little bit and talk about what an apostle actually is, and 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 what um, sense that word is is used. Um, in, in the strictest sense, when we speak of of an apostle as an office, which is what you're referring to, there there are no longer apostles. We'll talk about why that is. But but the word means one sent forth. And so in that sense, there are still apostles. You're an apostle. Uh, I'm an apostle. We're, we're people who are sent forth as ambassadors of, uh, of the kingdom of God uh, with the gospel of Jesus Christ. In that sense, there's, there's still apostles. But in the sense of the office of the apostle, uh, there, there are no longer apostles. And that's because it was a, a specific privilege uh, that was given at a specific time uh, for a foundational work in the church. Ephesians 2, if you, if you back up earlier, so the passage you were referencing is in chapter 4, uh, verse 13. Uh, if you back up to chapter 2, verse 20, um, Paul talks about the, the the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Um, Jesus Christ, the the um, Ephesians two begin actually back in night uh, nineteen two nineteen. He says, "You're no longer strangers and foreigners, fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ Himself being the chief cornerstone." So the purpose of that office of of the disciple, primarily it was the disciples who transitioned into being apostles. There were others like the apostle Paul, uh, of course, who who weren't part of the twelve. Um, but uh, but primarily, you're dealing with those who held a, a specific office for a foundational purpose in the church and amongst believers. And that work has been that office has been fulfilled by them, and that work has been completed. Therefore, there is there is no longer uh, no need for, no expectation uh, of further apostles beyond those that uh, that existed in the first century at the beginning of the church. Okay, All right. does that make yeah, sense? That makes to you? sense. I was, yeah, because I was I was actually going to say exactly what you said that I had understood the word apostle to mean uh, one who's sent, and so that's why I was confused as to why that wouldn't. Uh, apply anymore because, you know, missionaries and people that feel called by the Lord to go to a certain city or whatever, that's yeah. why I was confused. So Yeah, it just depends how you're using the term. You know, if you're if you're using the term in, in, in the sense of the office, yeah, that, that that office was for a given period of time and 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 there's no succession to that. In other words, there's no the idea of apostolic succession is not a biblical idea. And uh, um that's a, a Catholic idea, but but it's not a, a biblical idea. But but the idea of being sent forth, if you're using apostle as one sent forth, yeah, very clearly all believers are apostles. So so, but just not in the sense of the office. Awesome. Okay. Um, could I just throw up a quick prayer request? Absolutely. Uh, so my brother-in-law, 
Uh, he had some pretty significant surgery yesterday, and uh, he's in the recovery process. So just uh, there for him to recover well, and also he needs uh, he needs Jesus real bad. So okay. uh, for salvation for him and his and my sister as well. So and, and uh, uh, this is your brother-in-law. Yeah. Okay. And and what's his first name? Nick. Nick, all right. And and what's uh, your sister's first name? Teresa. Okay, let's pray for them right now. Father, I just uh, I thank you for Jay, first of all. Uh, I just thank you for his his clear heart for you, his love for you and for your word. And I just pray uh, just right now a special blessing upon him, upon his family, Lord, that you would just be with him. And, uh, Lord, we do lift up Nick and Darissa. Lord, we, we lift up Nick and his recovery from his surgery. Um, Lord, I pray that you would just use this and even uh, this this time where his body is uh, is affected to uh, to reveal to him his his mortality, Lord, and his need for you and and it, and his weakness, uh, Lord. And 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 sometimes the, we recognize that that when we uh, clearly grasp our weakness, uh, Lord, then we're open to you and to the gospel. And so, Lord, I just pray that you'd open his eyes to his weakness, to his sin that you convict him of, of, of his sin. And Lord, that you would reveal yourself uh, to him, whether it's, uh, whether it's through Jay or, or, or whether it's through somebody else, Lord, but that he would surrender his life to you. And Lord, the, that you would just touch his body and heal him and that he would glorify for you uh, for what you've done. And so we pray for them. We pray for this marriage. We pray for their, their, their salvation, Lord, and, and that you would work. Uh, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank hey, you very much. You bet. Thanks for calling, Jay. God bless you. You too, man. Bye. Folks, uh, Jason Vanderveer here with you on Calvary Live. 303-690-3000 is the number if you want to call in. Let's go to Luke in Firestone. Luke, welcome to the program. Hi, Luke. Are you there? Do we have Luke? We might have lost Luke. Uh, Let's go to Brian in Lakewood. Do we have Brian in uh, in uh, yes. Lakewood? This hey, Brian. Brian. Ah, I got you, Brian. <laughs> That's good to hear your voice. Welcome. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Pastor. Uh, so my question is about deja vu. Uh-huh. I don't know. You know, I consider it being in God's will and being uh, in his, you know, at the right time of my life. You know what I'm saying? So what could you say or... Uh, how that connects that type of deja vu moments we have that we see things, you know, like being there before. Have you ever yeah, experienced yeah. I, anything like that? Yeah, of course. So, so the idea of deja vu, I think a lot of people are familiar with it, but just in case they have other ideas about it that, that aren't what we're talking about, basically it's the it's the sense that, you've experienced something before or that you've been somewhere before. Um, as far yeah. as whether or not that's a, a biblical concept, uh, I would suggest to you that there, that there is no, no sense of that in the Scripture uh, or n- n- no explanation uh, of that in the Scripture or no, no spiritual connection uh, to that in the Scripture. Um, it, it's difficult right. to say, you know, from a, from a psychological standpoint, uh, or you know, from a uh, you know brain uh, activity standpoint, it's difficult to say why we have um, you know those experiences. But but I think most people, certainly I have. It sounds like you have have had the sense 
um, you know, that, that they've experienced something before. Um, for me, I've always just chalked it up to, to something that seemed familiar, but in every situation where I thought I'd been before there before, I knew, in fact, that I hadn't. It just, I had a familiar sense uh, why that was, I, I can't really tell you. Uh, from a from a spiritual standpoint, uh, the the scripture does not uh, give us any insight on that. If it did, I'm not sure what the what the significance of that would be. So that wouldn't be like a vision to have a vision of being in God's will. You know, like you're certain in 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 life, you search for where you should be at that point in life. You know, your job mm-hmm. or. Mm-hmm. Or who you're, you know, who's in your, in your circle, you know, of, of friends or believers or whatever. And I, I been see, been asking God about this, you know, talking to Him about it. It's mm-hmm. like, now is this where you have me right here at that right time? So I'm, you could say that I'm in your will, and that's how I feel because it's not a bad thing. It's mm-hmm. like just, uh, yeah, a process of where I, I'm going. You yeah. Know? Well, I think that that that's a separate aside from 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 deja vu. I think that that aside from that, there can be a sense, there can be a peace that God gives you um and that he does give you uh, when you're in the center of his will, you know, and and uh um yeah. it's it's a comfort. It's not for, uh, uh, I, I think in in most cases, you know, when I've experienced that, when I've heard it described, it's not so much the sensation that I've I've been there before, but it's a, it's a peace and a comfort in that situation that I know that I'm I'm right where I need to be. Now, in terms of visions and things like that, I you, you know I, uh, those that that you know have that Lord, the Lord gives them visions and and, and and things of that nature um, I don't know that that's uh, so much this this idea of deja vu except for that when we see it in a prophetic sense in the scripture uh, they just see things very clearly uh, that God has revealed to them uh, in order that they might share those for the benefit uh, of the people of God um, and so that right, would be right. you know be prophetic revelation you know as far as uh, I, I would be interested uh, to know and I would suspect that it's Perhaps uh, you know, new age or something to that effect. The origins of the idea of déjà vu, or that it's uh, it's somehow rooted in in some uh, some mysticism or some mystical history. But uh, uh, but I don't. Uh, I confess to not knowing the uh, the history of that. But I imagine it's probably a fascinating one. Yeah, because it was like the person that was sitting next to me, and we were driving, and it was like a flash, like. Wow. Okay, this is this is trippy. <laughs> but you know, I'm a believer. I've been serving the Lord for uh, 12 years now. You know, faithfully serving God, and that's just something that just continues to happen. Sometimes I'm like, okay, so I'm I'm believing, and my faith is that that is a peaceful moment, and it's also where. God had me speaking to this individual because we were talking about the Lord. We were having mm-hmm. a spiritual conversation. So I was like, yeah. wow, okay. So he has him here for a reason, and I'm doing this job for a reason. So I, I believe that I'm in your will, God, and this is where you have me, and I'm good with that. You know what I'm saying? It's kind yep. of staying right in, right of. in the, cent- the center of God's will. And, and uh, as far as, you know, deja vu, well, that's, 
We don't need to worry about that so much. I think the latter part is uh, what yeah. I would focus on, just being in the will of God. Hey, listen, Brian, I've got to run. I've got to take a break here uh, okay. in the show. Uh, but we're going right. to – yep, I appreciate you calling, though, okay? You're welcome. Thank God you. God bless you, my Pastor. friend. Yeah, you bet. Hey, folks, so we you heard me mention to Brian there. We've got to take a break here, bottom of the hour, uh, or one break in the show. Uh, but we're going to be right back uh, after a short one. 303-690-3000 if you want to join us. If you're holding on, please keep holding on. We are going to get to you next uh, right after the break here. 303-690-3000 if you want to join us. Jason Vandeveer here on Calvary Live and just looking forward to more calls, more questions, uh, more prayer requests in the bottom half of the show. Uh, like I said, it's a, it's a short break, so don't leave us. Uh, if you're able to stay with us, stick with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And welcome back to Calvary Live here. Jason Vandeveer with you. I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in Parker, Colorado. You can get more information about uh, our fellowship, Calvary Chapel Parker. Dot com if you're so inclined and appreciate uh, all of you who have been inclined to join us here on the program that number to call 303-690-3000 let's go to mike in littleton colorado mike welcome to the program hi good afternoon thank you for the call um quick question uh yep. mom and i my mom she's deaf we were talking on the phone video phone and she had attended a bible study somebody was teaching that in the context like christ died on the cross everyone's mm -hmm. sins were forgiven uh, it, but, you know, if you come to him, obviously you, you come get your name written in the Book of Life. But in that context, they were saying that the Holy Spirit, when after the 120 in the upper room received the Spirit, everyone was has received the Holy Spirit. Every individual has the Holy Spirit, and whether you're saved or not. And so we were trying to come, you know, in the light of Second Timothy 4, where we convince, exhort, rebuke, not trying to tear somebody down, but hey, where in Scripture, Scripture does it say that? And I, I think it's probably something that's given to believers, but I'm not quite sure. So before I step out, is there anything you can give me uh, in terms of biblical reference? Uh, who exactly is the Holy Spirit given to? Uh, yeah. And, uh, that, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I understand exactly uh, the, the question that you're asking. I understand based on you know, what you heard, why you would ask the question, because um, if it was, in fact, Mike communicated the way that, that, that you said, you know, if that was the intention of that person to actually say that, uh, they would be incorrect. Uh, not everybody has the Holy Spirit. Only believers receive uh, the Holy Spirit. Um, in uh, John chapter 20, is, uh, in, in uh, verse 22, is the first time believers receive the Holy Spirit. It's after the resurrection of Jesus, and, and Jesus breathes on them and says, Receive the Holy Spirit. From that point forward, every believer who, who places their faith in Jesus Christ uh, is indwelt by the, the, the Spirit of God. 
in uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, it says, In him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. So the Holy Spirit is a special seal uh, that, that by definition isn't in the life of every believer, uh, but it, uh, unbeliever, but is in the life of every believer. Um, that doesn't mean so that... Real, that real, sorry to interrupt, yep. real quick. Was that John 20 and Ephesians chapter 1, you said? Yeah, John 20, verse 22, Ephesians okay. 1, 13 and 14... Uh, also, John seven thirty nine, Jesus uh, spoke concerning the Holy Spirit, who he would give, for the Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So, in other words, he gives them the Spirit after his, his resurrection, uh, not before. That's a, an important thing. And then every believer after, from John twenty twenty two forward, is indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Now, at the day of Pentecost, they're baptized in the Holy Spirit, which is different. Um, two right. different two different prepositions. You have the indwelling, the in, in the Greek, and the epi, the upon experience when the Holy Spirit came upon them. But that was a subsequent empowering uh, that came upon believers uh, in Acts chapter 2 at the time of Pentecost, and I believe that it's still ap- applicable to believers. But all of that aside, um, the Holy Spirit is at work in the world. There is a, a, a sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit that exists amongst unbelievers. In in 1 Corinthians 7, he talks about uh, unbelieving spouses being sanctified, Paul does, being sanctified by a believing spouse. In other words, there's a, they're, they're, they're not saved, the, the Spirit is not in them, but there is a special privilege that they enjoy concerning the work of the Holy Spirit in their life to draw them to Christ by virtue of the fact that they're married to a believer. And, and the same kind of thing happens in the life of, of unbelievers who are, are coming to Christ, and the Holy Spirit is, is working in their life, but the Holy Spirit does not yet indwell them. Makes perfect sense. I appreciate the scripture. We, we feel, um, you know, it's a deaf group and this leader, we feel like, you know, the, the, the recipients may not be as well-known in scripture, and we, wanted, we want to privately speak with them and, and refute their claims with scripture, you know, because if he is these last days, people are going to heap up teachers to teach them what they want to hear versus what does scripture say. I mean, it just seems like these days, more and more, we're we're deviating away from what scripture actually says and and Mm. creating a hybrid uh, of it, you know, to fit the the narrative. But the scripture you gave me is spectacular. I will say that with my mom, and I greatly appreciate the uh, feedback. Yeah, absolutely, Mike. And of course, you know, sometimes people are are distorting the scripture intentionally. Sometimes it's just an honest mistake. They they just need to be encouraged, you know, in in the word of God. But but this is an important topic because um, you know, a lot of these things, you know, lead to ideas, incorrect ideas of universal salvation and so forth that that everybody's going to be saved and nothing could be further from the truth. There needs to be repentance and then and then there's this special uh, relationship that we have to God that then is marked by the Spirit of God living inside of us. We become the temple of the Holy Spirit. Agreed. And and we are not looking to confront this person in a, mm-hmm. in a Bible study setting, but more one-on-one to... Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, it's not, it's not it's private, basically, but we wanted to make sure that we yep. had our verses, you know, intact, that we weren't ourselves, 
yep. to use in scripts here as well. And, and so I do appreciate the feedback, and those are great. So John 20, 20. Ephesians chapter 1. Yep. And then you mentioned another one in... Uh, John... Yep, John 7, uh, John 7, right, I got verse that. There was another 39, 1 Corinthians 7. Yeah, 1 Corinthians 7. 7. Got it. Awesome. Yeah, 1 Corinthians thank chapter so 7. Much. I listen yep. to you guys every day on my way home, and just <laughs> everyone that listens. Thank you hey, very, thanks very for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening, Mike. God bless you. Thanks for calling in. You bet. Thank you for your time, sir. Bye-bye. You betcha. 303-690-3000. Jason Vanderveer here on Calvary Live. Let's go to Bianca. In Aurora. Welcome, Bianca. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for calling. Well, I have an update on a prayer request I shared on the air a few weeks ago, I think, regarding an anonymous person. Okay. Well, I spoke with her about a week ago, and... She, she's just really negative still when it mm-hmm. comes to believers and, and that kind of stuff. So she really doesn't want to hear about the Lord because she said she's been hurt, well, taken advantage of by a pastor a long time ago. Mm. And so just keep praying for this person because it really hurts me not to see her safe, you know. Right. I know the Lord's coming soon. I don't want her to go to hell. Well, no, uh, definitely. Let's let's pray. You know, I mean, sometimes uh, an update uh on uh you know a prayer request sometimes an update is you know we have an answer it went this way it went this way sometimes the update is keep praying so let's keep praying uh let's pray right now though uh, okay bianca okay father i just thank you for for bianca for uh a chance to talk to her uh here today and and uh, lord i just uh, thank you that you're working through her lord uh, i thank you for the boldness that she has and the conversations that she's able to have with people and the way that you're using her, I pray that you would use her in even greater ways. Uh, Lord, I just pray uh, for this person that she's been sharing with, uh, this 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 woman and, and the hardness of heart that is there. Lord, I just pray that you would remove that heart of stone and, and replace it with a heart of flesh. Lord, that you would give her uh, a, a new heart. Uh, Lord, we know that so often there are these objections and there are these hurts and pains, and while they're real, they're not a real reason, Lord, to... Uh, to resist you. And so, Lord, I pray that she would resist you no longer. I pray that her, her defenses uh, would, would be lowered. Lord, I pray that, that, uh, that her heart would be softened and, Lord, that she would be convicted of her sin and, Lord, that you would give her the gift of faith, uh, as you say in your word, and that you would save her soul. Lord, I just pray that you would open her eyes uh, and that she would see the truth and that she would respond. And perhaps Bianca will be able to share with her and pray with her. Or perhaps there will be another person, Lord. However, uh, Lord, maybe it's everything that's already been shared and she will, in, in, in her uh, own home by herself, uh, she will get down on her knees and surrender to you. Whatever it is, Lord, we pray that you would save her, Lord, and that you would continue to be with Bianca and give her patience and others uh, in sharing with her. And so, Lord, we just pray that you would just draw her and save her. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Amen. And I know she's been having some health issues as well, so I don't know if the Lord wants to use that as a means to draw her to him or I don't know. But well, perhaps. Keep her in your prayers and I'll call back soon for another update. Excellent. Well, thanks for calling. Yeah, thanks for calling, Bianca. God bless you. God bless you. Bye. Take care. Hey, folks, 303-690-3000. If you want to join us on Calvary Live, like Chris from Colorado Springs is going to do right now. Chris, welcome to the program. Hi, how are you? I'm doing really well. How's your day going? Um, Great. I just got off work, and actually I tuned in. And uh, I'm not a new Christian, but I just recently... You know, I would say I just recently really started pursuing Christ. And uh, I just started fasting today, you know, and looking for answers and confirmation and direction. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just thought it was it was wonderful because I tuned in and, and then I got that confirmation uh, through you all. Like, hey, you know, you're definitely, you're definitely doing the right thing by fasting because it was, a, it was kind of a, a quick conversation <laughs> and, you know, is fasting something I should do? But... Uh, yeah. My question was about the book of Enoch. Uh-huh. Um, I, I do believe all of the answers are in the are in the Bible as it is. But I guess my question is, why and how certain books made it in, and then also, what is your thoughts on the book of Enoch itself? Yeah, so let's talk about, um, you kind of have a two-part question. The first part is, how is the canon of Scripture determined? How was it determined? Um, The answer varies uh, slightly from Old Testament to New Testament, but we can talk about that. I can uh, give you a resource on that as well. And then we can talk about the Book of Enoch. You know, should the Book of Enoch be part of Scripture if... Uh, since it's not, why is it not? Um, so when we talk about the 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 sixty six books uh, of the Bible that 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 make up our our Bibles, um, you know why or how were those those books determined? And uh, so you know when we look at the Old Testament, the Old Testament canon uh, was uh, of course determined and and established uh, well before the, the the first century. The New Testament uh, canon was largely determined uh, by the first century. So the the, the four Gospels, uh, the Book of Acts, uh, Paul's epistles, the uh, general epistles, and then the Book of Revelation. And uh, the the way that uh, books and, and by the way, if you want to read, I'm I'm of course going to give you a very abbreviated answer. But but if you want to read about how the Scripture came to us, there's a very good book uh, that I would encourage all listeners um, to pick. Up, it's called the Canon of Scripture, C A N O N, the Canon of Scripture, F uh, F Bruce. It's a classic work uh, on the subject, the Canon of Scripture, F F Bruce. Um, there's also another great book, uh, um, the Canon of Scripture, the uh, and, and regarding the validity of Scripture and so forth. Um, uh, by Charlie Campbell called Scrolls and Stones, uh, a little more recent book, a little smaller work. But if you want to know how, how in, gr- in greater detail, you know, where the Bible actually came from, how it was, was determined, F.F. Uh, F. Bruce, the canon of Scripture. Now, that said, let's, let's kind of abbreviate some of the things that, that are talked about on this subject. Basically, what, what books uh, had to have was they, they 
had to to have uh, internal evidence that they were the word of God. Uh, there had to be external uh, evidence as well that they were the word of God. So what I mean by that is is internal evidence. Um, you know, you couldn't have a book that was historically inaccurate. You couldn't have a book that contradicted uh, the rest of Scripture. Um, you you couldn't have a had a book that was of dubious authorship or 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 things of that nature. It had to have the right internal evidence. Then it had to externally be producing something uh, within the people of God. And also in in the case of uh, of certain Old Testament books in particular, um, if they were prophetic in nature, then then there had to be validity to those claims that that had been fulfilled. And so uh, there was uh, internal evidence, external evidence. When we get to the New Testament, then also we recognize that a lot of those books were were already recognized as scripture. And even within some of those books, uh, they claim to be right within those books, the, the, the word of God. And so um, none of these things by themselves is enough, but all put together, uh, the, there, there were uh, a series of books that gl- gradually emerged uh, and rose to the top and were recognized uh, as scripture. And then there were books that weren't, uh, you know, the Gospel of Thomas uh, and, and the Book of Enoch, for example, that you mentioned. The Book of Enoch is, is uh, a, what is known as a, a, a pseudographical uh, book. It, it's a work that's, that, that, that I believe is falsely attributed um, uh, because the, the uh, origin of the Book of Enoch seems to be much later than the uh, the man Enoch, right from from the book of Genesis, the great grandfather uh, of Noah, the son of Jared, from Genesis chapter five. There, um, Enoch. Uh, so, so I don't believe that that the timing of the the writing of the book of Enoch uh, fits the timing of the man Enoch based on the evidence that we have. Also, when the Bible refers to Enoch in in the New Testament, um, you know, it's not it's not necessarily referring to the book of Enoch. It's referring to the man Enoch. And so uh, uh, like in Jude, uh, there's, of course, one chapter in Jude in the 14th verse. He says, Enoch, the seventh from Adam prophesied. And so not only, you know, does he tell us about Enoch, but that Enoch uh, confirms that Enoch was a prophet. But but that's not validating the book uh, Enoch. And so um, it's, it's a, like I said, a pseudographical writing. It's what we would call uh, an apocryphal writing, uh, but it's not necessarily something that rises to the level of Scripture. Uh, and and uh, there are certain fallible aspects in a lot of these books and uh and and so therefore they're not included in the scripture okay would you say would you say it is a danger or i i guess at the very least a distraction to read them <laughs> because i i had considered going through the discarded books as uh, for anything else, you know, just out of interest of like maybe historically seeing what was also written. Yeah. But I wouldn't want to do it if it was for, um, you know, 
you know, if it could open me up to an attack from the enemy or something along those lines. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't think in, in dealing with some of these things, some, some of them, you know, there are clearly some problematic things when you get into some of these different writings. But, um, but some of the apocryphal writings, uh, you know, um, there's not necessarily harmful things in there, but you've got to just keep in mind what you're reading is not Scripture. So and, okay. and, and, and may not necessarily be accurate. Uh, for example, in, in, in a lot of the apocryphal writings, you know, there's historical information that, that just isn't correct. And so, so, you know, whether it was written later and, and they got it wrong, you know, there, there, there are those issues. So um, I don't think that there's harm in, in, in looking at these things, reading them, uh, you know, and seeing what information uh, is in there as long as one keeps in mind that they're um, that not it, it, it doesn't rise to the level of Scripture, and there may be some problematic things there. And so don't take it uh, the same way that you would take the Bible. Okay, perfect. Yeah, now that answers the question. Thank you. Yeah, I don't think that you're in danger of looking at these things, you know, or, uh, I, I mean, you know, uh, it, it just, you know, it, it requires a certain level of spiritual maturity, which it sounds like you have, um, to be able to just make that, that distinction. And as long as you can make that distinction, um, you know, there, there are things uh, that you'll pick up in some of these books that might be helpful to you as long as you're able to keep that perspective. Uh, and just to clarify, I think the thing that spurred me uh, about the Book of Enoch, or, or I thought was intriguing, was that, and, and please, you know, correct me if I'm, you know, saying it wrong, but I, I believe I read somewhere, you know, it, it only mentions, it's like, yada, 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 it's saying things, and then in one line it says, like, and, Jesus, or, and Enoch walked with God for a hundred years, and then it doesn't say anything else. Yeah, right. Uh, um, are you talking about in Genesis, where the Bible talks about Enoch? Yes, I believe that's that's where. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So in in Genesis chapter chapter five, there it it, it talks about Enoch. Enoch walked with God; he was not, for God took him. Um, and there there really isn't uh, a, a lot of information about Enoch. Uh, you know, there is a, a little bit, like I said, uh, in Jude, and uh, also uh, in. Um, uh, in the book of Hebrews as well, um, but uh, um, but not not a lot of information uh, in the scriptures uh, about uh, uh, about Enoch, and so um, you know it doesn't diminish who he was, but but yeah, there's not a lot of information about him. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily take you know the in, the information that you gleaned from the book of Enoch necessarily as gospel either, because uh, a, a, a lot of that seems to have been produced at a much later date, much much later date. So, okay. um, than, than, than the man Enoch. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much. Yeah, you bet. And, and, you know, there's, there's, uh, of course there's 13 additional books and apocryphal books in the Catholic Bible, uh, uh, Maccabees and, and Tobit and so forth. And, you know, I have a copy, an online copy of that. And, uh, and from time to time I've taken a, a look at some of the different things, uh, in there again, not as scripture. Um, you know, you have the, the gospel of Thomas, the gospel of Jude, you know, the so-called Gnostic gospels. Um, again, you got to be a little bit more careful with some of those, um, because right. of the doctrine that they're espousing. Uh, but, uh, but at the very least, you know, you can learn something culturally about the time and, and some of the errors that were going on at that time. Um, do I have time for one more question? I don't want to be selfish. Yeah, sure. Go for it. You had mentioned the Maccabees, mm-hmm. and uh, when, it, when I was overseas, um, you know, we had actually, we had 
we had talked about the Maccabees and about Hanukkah, and um, yeah. an interesting question was brought up, and it's should Christians practice or or at least observe um, Hanukkah? And I just was interested to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, well, it, that that would be an interesting discussion. I I, I would think that if you were gonna you were going to um, you know, mandate that a believer practice uh, a Jewish um, tradition or feast that it that it wouldn't necessarily be Hanukkah, but that it would be one of the original seven feasts or all of the original seven feasts. Right. Uh, I don't. I, I don't believe that's a, a is that's correct. Or in fact, I think that that's harmful. But I, I would think that if you were going to make an argument, you would say, well, you know, you need to celebrate, you know, first fruits. Passover, unleavened bread, and weeks or Pentecost, and you know trumpets, uh, the Day of Atonement, and um, uh, and tabernacles. You know, if you were, if, and some people try to make that argument that 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 we as believers need to be uh, keeping those feasts. But um, but I would suggest to you, no, not, we, we we don't need to be keeping the the original seven feasts. Uh, we don't need to be keeping uh, you know the 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 later traditions. Um, such as Hanukkah, which was, uh, as you mentioned, in the time of the Maccabees, the uh, the cleansing of the temple after the Maccabean revol- revolt and Antiochus Epiphanes and all of that. You know, a lot of people uh, know those stories. Uh, but as believers, um, you know, we're the old covenant was for a period of time, and right. uh, and and we recognize that um, that as we're told in Colossians, you know, we don't observe feasts and and new moons and and we're not on sabbaths and uh we're not under the law because all of those things uh as paul talks about uh in in um uh galatians uh were till the seed should come in other words till the messiah uh, would come which was the fulfillment uh, uh, of all of these things so we don't have a a requirement to to keep uh, the ceremonial aspects of the law that's why nine of the Ten Commandments are, are reiterated in the New Testament because they're, they're moral. They preceded the law. But the one that didn't, which was keep the Sabbath, is not reiterated for the church. That's because um, that was a, a, a ceremonial aspect under the Old Covenant. So, so it's, it's, you know, it's, it's an interesting discussion. There are those that, you know, during Paul's day and, and during our day that want to pe- put people under law and under tradition. And uh, I always find it interesting, you know, so if you're going to keep one feast, you're obligated to keep all the feasts. If but you're going to keep, yeah, if you're going to keep one law, you're obligated to keep all the law. So, so if you're going to go down that road, uh, I advise that you don't. And if you do, it's going to be a perfect waste of time. But if you're going to go down that road, the only logical way Paul tells us to pursue it is, is to attempt to keep all the law. You don't just get to keep the dietary portion and keep the feast and say, I'm, I'm doing what God wants me to do. You know, you've got like 600 laws you've got to keep. Right, right. Okay, <laughs> excellent. I appreciate it. And as I said, it was, it was an interesting question that was, that was brought up. So I just wanted to, to see what your thoughts on the matter were. Yeah, it is a very, it is a fascinating subject. The canon of scripture. Um, like I said, go go uh, see if you can find a. Co- it, you can. Um, it, I don't know if you use if you use iBooks or Kindle or um, or if you buy Amazon. You know, paperbacks, hardbacks. It, 
Amazon or Christian Book Distributors, CBD. Uh, there's a lot of places online you can pick up a copy, either hard copy or electronic copy, of uh, the Canon of Scripture, the Canon of Scripture, F.F. F. Bruce. Uh, you won't regret that. It, it, it will deal in depth with, uh, with, with your question. Excellent. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for calling, Chris. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Take care. Hey, folks, uh, wow, we, the time has uh, already uh, kind of started winding down uh, on us here. What a great, uh, great show today. Appreciate uh, all of you calling in. Of course, Calvary Live is going to be back uh, tomorrow, taking more calls and questions, uh, prayer requests uh, from all of you. Appreciate Tom and, uh, and Jay calling in today and Brian uh, also, Mike and Bianca, and of course uh, Chris, uh, our last caller. I encourage you if you if you're even thinking remotely about calling uh, tomorrow afternoon is uh, another opportunity. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Just jot that. Maybe put that number in your phone. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Just put it in your contacts as Calvary Live, and and give us a call here when you have a prayer request, when you need to talk, when you need uh, encouragement from the scriptures or answers to uh, to your Bible questions. That's what this program's about, and that's what makes it so interesting. I'm Jason Vandiver. I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in Parker. I want to invite you out to join us. This Sunday will be the next opportunity that you have to do that at Calvary Chapel Parker. Uh, you can get directions, calvarychapelparker.com. That's calvarychapelparker.com. If you're going to be in the area and want to join us on Sunday, we'll be continuing in the book of Nehemiah. Chapter 2, Nehemiah chapter 2, and uh, it's going to be exciting just to worship together and to study the Word of God. And so just invite you out again. Go to CalvaryChapelParker.com and then get your directions and service time and come on out and join us. Hey, great being with you guys, and uh, thank you so much for the privilege and the opportunity. God bless you, and have a great evening. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.